What a wonderful atmosphere uh, that you guys have created here. There's just something so attractional, you know, uh, when people come and not to church, not as spectators, but as truly as participants, you, you know. And I think one of the keys to that is that somehow you, you figure out what does, like, what does worship look like, at, you know, Monday to Saturday? Like, like you know, sometimes it's, it's, um, it's YouTube, you know, at home and, and just getting lost in that. Or, you know, I mean, I, I sing in the car a lot because no one's around, you know, only me and Jesus. And he's the only one that likes my singing anyway, you know. Um, <laughs> and, you know, <clears throat> I, I just think... Yeah, I feel like, you know, we have been through an interesting season and, and for many people there's been this renegotiation of what does it mean to walk with God? Like what does it mean what does it mean to be a believer in twenty twenty three? You know, like what what does that look like? And um tragically, tragically for some people that that redefining has led them to some dead end streets you know, almost like a deconstruction to nothing. And, and you know, it's, it's actually healthy in faith that from a cycle perspective that you would deconstruct some things. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is that Holy Spirit walking with us, maturity is, is allowing Holy Spirit to just bring upgrades, upgrades into our hearts and to know the Lord again, you know, and so that none of us... None of us can say we've got the corner on, on Jesus or the corner on the Holy Spirit, you know. And as precious and as beautiful as your experience of God to this point is, I want to say to you there's more. There, there just is more, right? It's a bit like the disciples who, you know, they're having that, that discussion with Jesus and then one of them says, oh, well, just show us the Father and, and we're good. And Jesus is like, I've been right in front of you. I'm the face of the Father. Like I'm perfect, like Jesus, you know, understand that Jesus is perfect theology, right? If you want to know what the Father's like, don't respectfully, don't go to Leviticus, right? Nothing wrong with Leviticus, like, if, but, but you, you've got to understand the context of that. But if you, understand, if you want to really know what God is like, you, you, you've, you've got to see Jesus, you, you know, they're the moments. They're, Jesus, that's his mission. His mission was to be the perfect theology of what God was like because the Pharisees were confused, right? The Pharisees who had all the scriptures failed to recognize, the, like the Pharisees who had the word, the Torah, failed to recognize the living word in front of them. And I think sometimes that happens for us. We get, we, we kind of know all the scriptures and when we've heard the sermons and we feel like we've got the corner of it, but sometimes in the midst of that, we fail to recognize Jesus in the room, Jesus in the midst. And um, so I just think, you know, we, we live in an outstanding moment. Do, do you know that in, in history, I'm just talking about regular and normal history as far as the last hundred years, that, and there's been, as far as global pandemics, there's been about five or six in the last hundred years, you know. Um, so understand that COVID, whilst it was dramatic, and it's our generation of, of, of it, but, but actually <clears throat> uh, 
global pandemics and global wars, you know, the, these have been happening all the time. But sociologists ha um, have recorded that within three to five years after either a major end to a war or a major pandemic, what happens is that there is a surge and a rediscovery of spirituality. The church explodes in a good way, right? It, after, it's almost like as people come out of a pandemic, it's almost like there is this trauma, this shell shock and all the rest. But, but in the goodness of God, within about that two to three year period, all of a sudden there's this, there's just this openness to just the things of God. And so I just, you know, I, I'm excited to go, oh, I wonder how God is positioning this church and, and, uh, and the church in this city, you know. Um, I, I do believe that um, the best days are ahead of us. I, I, I believe that 2023, 2024, we're going to see many people uh, really come to living faith with a living God, you know. Come on, just, you know, the the... The, the craziness of everything else that is being thrown at us, it's just empty and dead and shallow. And whilst it's loud and noisy, it carries no substance and brings no peace to the hearts of men and women. And everybody's looking for peace, right? They'll do dramatic things for peace, to be honest, you know, extreme things. And we get shocked at, at the extreme things that they do, but, but, but you've got to understand that behavior is a cry for, for peace, for identity, for I just, I'm trying to make sense of this human experience, right? Like that's the cry. So I always think to myself, I, I, don't, want to be, I don't want to be so enamored about the behavior as radical as that is. I also don't want to normalize it but I want to see beyond the behavior and I hear the cry, the cry of desperation that says, I, I, I don't know it, but I actually need God. I, I, I need my, the one who, who made me in whose image I'm like. I mean, you know, we're, we're obviously seeing, I think it's out here as well, like the, the movie Jesus Revolution, right? Like it's full of dudes with hair like Sam, you know, uh, um, hippies. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I, I think to myself, and, and you know, it's, I mean, it's phenomena, right? They, they, they made this movie, they spent, I think, $5 million to make it and thought that it would do okay. Do you know 75 million people have watched that movie currently? Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to just, you know, be radical. We, we actually, we're a little late in Australia. It only came out last week. So, oh, same with you. Uh, and in a, um, so what we've done in a, I think in a week's time, uh, we've got um, like the combined churches of the Central Coast and we put on a special screening and it's uh, bring a friend. So, you know, you buy a ticket and you buy a ticket for your mate, um, just some, a work friend or whatever, a neighbor, someone that you're just doing life with. And um, yeah, we're going to go and see it together. And, but I, I, I think about that a lot and I think about, because, um, you know, I, I know a little bit, of course, about the Jesus movement. It, it was a little before my time. I'm 50, not 60 or 70. Um, and uh, but I, I'm going for the hair, actually. But no, uh, I, I think about I think about you know what was happening there was the spirit of God was moving dynamically on on across the earth, and and the church was just struggling to catch up with what God was doing. So God was already um, doing a move of God amongst the hippie movement and amongst that counterculture. And uh, it just, it was a wave that respectfully should have 
to some degree being stewarded maybe in even Genesis by the church, but the church was so rigid, it was so distracted by their behavior and their, their, their smell and their hair and their, you know, all kind of culture that they, they couldn't, they couldn't, they didn't have prophetic eyes to see that it was a cry for something. They were just scandalized by the behavior and their sensibilities. And I just, I suppose part of me thinks in a prophetic sense that, that because, uh, you know, when you hear some of the rhetoric going on across social media channels, I'm talking now about by Christians, I just go, oh man, I feel like again, we're kind of shouting at whatever the version of, of today is of the long hair and the, the drugs and da 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 da. And we're missing the point that we've got an entire generation that is desperate to find true identity, desperate to find true love, unconditional love, desperate to find meaning and purpose and destiny. And we're so intimidated because, you, you know, pronouns or whatever it is that's going on. And I, I just, you know, I just go, look, I, 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 I love the person behind the pronoun. Uh, right, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to get scandalized by behavior that's outside of my, my, my maybe my, my channel. I, I go, no, that's a son, that's a child of God, yeah. right? That's a child of God that, that is looking for, looking for the Spirit of God and, and the love of God and just doesn't know it and is, is, is just in crazy spaces. And it's almost like, how can the church be prophetically positioned? Well, I, I think the church becomes prophetically positioned by the people being prophetically positioned in the marketplace because we, we become the hands and feet of Jesus, right? We, we become, like, I just, you know, I, I, I wasn't going to say any of this, but I'm just, I'm on this thing. So I just think if I'm, if I'm going to petition for anything, I'm going to petition for the love of God and, and, and I'm going to make room even if it inconveniences me, even if it means I've got to shift the, the way that, that, you know, we do, we do uh, church expression. I'm just, I'm going to make room because I want to be, I want to be where God is and God is with the broken and the lonely and the outcast and the disenfranchised. Like you, you, you know, that's the testimony. Jesus runs to those spaces in the gospels he doesn't run to the ones that think they've got it all sorted out and that they've got an angle on God. He actually, he challenges them and he shows them how far they are actually from the center, you know. But it's a work of the Spirit, so I'm not, you know, I'm not, hopefully you're not hearing this as something heavy, but as almost like a charge to our hearts that says, come on, like, like what, 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 what is, what's the mission, God? Uh, what's the mission in Christchurch? How do we, how do we become these, you know, 21st century believers, you know, that, I mean, that not only speak in tongues as in a supernatural prayer language, but what about like, you know, if, if you, if you just corporate that or, or, or yeah, if you corporate that and go, God, would you give us the language of today that we might, that we might, share the love of God in a way that that people can hear us that that the, a language that that actually people can embrace because I just you know I, I I think the church struggles with that in general and I think that we struggle with that in general you know and sometimes what it does is it causes us to be a little intimidated and um, on Friday night I mean what a beautiful 
time of ministry and and I, I just so enjoyed sort of going up the, the side of the aisles and you know just blessing and speaking life into people and I, I think it was um, I prayed for someone a young oh I think I prayed for you here and I was talking about um, I was just praying and I was saying how God had given you the language of love you know and I think that I feel like that's that's, you know, it was on her, but I feel like it's on us, you know. God, what's your language of love in my workplace? What's your language of love in my school, in my neighborhood? What's, what's your language of love? Not what I think, not, not, not the cliches. I just, the cliches don't actually help anyone. All they do is provoke an argument. Really, the cliches are just, it's just left and right and, you know, and it's, it's I'm better and, you know, we're trying to convince people uh, into the kingdom. That's not our job. <laughs> That's the Holy Spirit's job to convince and convict and, and, and assure. Our job is to speak the language of love, the language of God into hearts and, and to be that moment for them, to be that vehicle, that vessel, which is really what I want to talk tonight, which is this thought about what, what, how do we walk, how do as believers in 21st century, in 2023, how do we walk with the Holy Spirit? Who, who isn't it, isn't, doesn't it seem crazy? I mean, think about, imagine if, if, if we'd all lived uh, 2,000 years ago, uh, you know, in, and we were in part of the Jesus gang, you know, and um, we were with Jesus for three years and just saw the crazy, crazy things. I mean, imagine being a disciple. It, it's, it's off kilter, really. Like, you just, you just didn't know what was going to happen. You know, and they got it wrong all the time. Like it was just, it was, it's like when if you read the Bible and you've got a sense of humor, you just think, oh my goodness, like these boys are just stuffing it up at every corner, right? Like they just bumble all the way, like they're trying to call down fire on people. They're just like, just nuts. And, and anyway, I mean, you can imagine like, like maybe they, you know, one day they're with Jesus and, and he, he, he's, you know, he's walked on the water. You know, I mean, imagine what, imagine that night when you're trying to figure that out. Like, dude, the, the dude walked on water. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and everyone's laughing at Peter, you know. But, um, like, the dude walked on water. And it's like, it doesn't get any better than that, you know. Then all of a sudden, the next day, you're just going into a town and there's a funeral. And everyone's like, oh, man, be cool. It's a funeral. And Jesus goes and disrupts the funeral by raising the, the boy from the dead. You know, it's like no way you know and you're going oh it doesn't it's not going to get any weirder than that then the next day there's this blind guy and you're thinking oh okay oh you know you're thinking okay Jesus is going to heal him and all of a sudden Jesus spits on the ground and you're like what's going on has he got the flu like and then he picks up picks up that muddy spit and it's like what's he going to do with and he rubs it in his eyes in the in the in the blind man's eyes it's like Oh, dude, like what? It's, uh, are we supposed to do, like, you could just imagine three years of that. Like, just think about three years of walking with Jesus. And then one day, in the midst of that, Jesus says, hey, I want to tell you something. I'm going to go away. And they're going, what? Where, where are you going? And he's going, and then he says something really radical. And he says, and actually, it's to your benefit that I go, because something better or something better is going to happen if I go. And it's like, what could be better than that? I mean, we're having the adventure of our life. You can imagine the guys that write that one down. That one needs to be written down. 
and Jesus says, no, I'm, I'm going and it's, it's to your advantage that I'm going because if I go, then the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit's going to come and it's not just going to be you following me as far as like walking, you know, with someone in front of you. I'm going to live inside of you and I'm going to be like literally, like you're literally going to be these, these temples of my Holy Spirit and you're going to have this living relationship with the living. I mean, what a radical Radical thought. And you know what? That's the inheritance of every new new covenant believer. Every time someone opens their heart and says, yes, God, I give my life to you, God goes, awesome, I want to make my home in you. That, that, that is powerful, right? Like that's, you've you got to understand, like this side of the cross, we just don't know how, how, how blessed we are. We don't have to go to some, you know, rigid temple. We don't have to, you know, kill some lamb and spill some blood and, and or, or, or all of a sudden it's only one person in a corner that's raised up as a prophet that probably walks around nude for two years anyway. Uh, you know, no one understands what the heck that person's doing, you know. Like, it's not like that. Like, we literally are, you and I, you are the gate of heaven. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The living God lives inside of you. You have, he's closer than your next breath. Think, like, that's crazy. He's closer than my next breath. Like, like God is with me. Like, that is just, it's real and it's true. And it's like, oh God, I just, I want to see that outworked in my life. I mean, we see the pattern of it from an Old Testament perspective in Genesis 2-7 where, you know, the pinnacle of creation, God has created stars and universes and, and, and oceans and fish and birds and animals and it's just nuts. I mean, think about it. At that time, it's dinosaurs and it's like all of this stuff and everyone's going, that is crazy. And yet that's not the pinnacle of God's creation. What, what he does, like he speaks all that into existence. But in Genesis 2, he, he, he goes into the garden. And I mean, just think about the angels watching God do this. He goes into a garden and he, and he, he makes a mud pile. Like he literally just, you know, think about it. He just kind of, with his hands, he makes a mud pile. And the angels must be going, what's God doing? Like he spoke everything else into existence. What's he about to do? And he makes this mud pile and then he does something radical. He, he kneels down, the living God, right? That's just created this magnificent universe of, of stars and galaxies and just unbelievable. Kneels down and he, he breathes into that mud pile. It's called the Ruah of God, the Spirit of God. He takes a piece of himself and he puts it inside that mud pile and upstands out of that mud pile a human being. And God calls that human being his phantom and his shadow and his reflector on the earth. And that's what you and I are. We that's, why, that's why our hearts can never be settled outside of a dynamic relationship with the Spirit of God because it's of our essence. It's actually how we were made. That's why irrespective of how hard you try and run from that space, your, your, your heart will always try and pull you back there. And that's, you can try every trick in the book to try and satisfy that urge, but it can never be satisfied outside of a, outside of a dynamic reconnection and a dynamic reawakening uh, by the spirit, the life of the Spirit of God, awakening us and moving us, you know, 
We see the great tragedy in Genesis 3 of the confusion that comes inside of man and woman, you know, in the tragedy of the garden, you know, uh, it talks about, you know, the, 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 the fall, the calamity of that, Genesis 3, right? And we see, the, we see the fall, we see the disruption. And it's interesting to me that um, I used to think, oh man, you know, the fall was like, oh, you know, we, okay, we lost, we, we, we kind of, that got clouded and we lost it and God kicked, God kicked uh, mankind out of the garden, right? But I got to tell you, God followed mankind out of the garden. Like, like, like the reason he, 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 he removed uh, mankind out of the garden because he didn't want them in that state, in that confused state, to eat of the tree of eternal life so that they would perpetually live in that confusion and darkness. But, but, but when Adam and Eve leaves the garden, I've got to tell you, God is right on their heels. He's, he's ch- and, he ch- and then the, the whole Old Testament is God chasing man. Right, like you think you see his interaction with 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 Noah, with Abram, with David, with like all, God is chasing man. He's chasing man because he wants the reawakening inside of them by his spirit. And Jesus becomes the pinnacle of God's chase because <laughs> the because it's almost like you know man can only be captured on the basis of God's sacrifice of the cross. So the cross becomes this pinnacle point where God says, you know, every veil, every barrier will now be removed. Like like there's no, there'll be no more barrier. Now anyone, anyone who literally just calls on the name of the Lord comes, receives the born again, the ruah of the new covenant experience, the breath of life, uh, God breathing again inside of the reanimating them, coming into fullness, coming into destiny, coming into purpose. I love that. I love that. And then, and then we get to Acts and um, Jesus, you know, says to his disciples, hey, listen, uh, uh, before you take this message to the, to the ends of the earth, I want you to wait I want you to wait what? I want you to wait for a fresh in-breathing, a fresh empowering of my spirit. And they wait. And, and we, we know, of course, Acts chapter 2, you know, we see the breaking in of the Holy Spirit on their lives. You know, the breaking in of the Holy Spirit isn't just so that, you know, we get some tingle and some touch. It's an empowerment to live the life that actually we're built to live. Like that's what it means to walk in the Spirit, animated by the Spirit, not just animated to come to church, not just animated to read your Bible, not just animated to pray, yes, all those things, animated to love well, animated to actually be an ambassador of Christ wherever you are as a student, as a business owner, as a, as a worker, as a mom, as a dad, as a friend, like, like the, 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 the power of the Spirit to actually do well in life, all right? That's like, like you, you've, you've, got to, you've got to embrace, why do we need the, the, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit? Be, so that we might walk in the fullness of the calling and the destiny of God. Holiness is alignment to identity, right? Like, like we, we make holiness this moral list but, but again, we're, we're kind of, we're focusing on the wrong thing. If you come into alignment with the fullness of who you are, a son and daughter of God, right? Loved by God, made in his image, 
all that other moralistic thing, it, it actually just, it falls away because you come into alignment. You're not chasing up. Most of that moralistic stuff is just coping shadows because you don't know your identity, right? Like that, That's what that stuff is. It's just a misunderstanding of your identity. Holiness is when you actually come into the, as you, because why? Because as we see God, we see his DNA, we see his fingerprint in us. It's interesting. It almost sounds arrogant to say, when I look at God, I'm looking at a mirror of myself. Doesn't mean that I'm God, but every, his kindness is my kindness. His love is my love. His goodness is my goodness, right? His, his grace is my grace. Like it's, I'm, I'm the mirror, like, like I'm, I'm, the, I'm the vessel, I'm the temple, you are, right? You, but, but you're the mirror of God in the earth. That's what it means to be a living epistle or a living letter of God. Every interaction, it's, it's, it's an interesting thought that says, so really what you're saying, Dave, is as people are interacting with us in the marketplace, literally what should be happening is people should be having an encounter with God, right? Like just think about that for a minute, right? It's like, oh my goodness, okay, uh, like you can't do that in your own strength, right? Like, oh, I, I get that. None of us are going to have a perfect report card on that. It's a work of the Spirit. It's a yielding to the Spirit of God. To, to walk with the Spirit is to, you know, I, I think I might have said it here once. Um, I watched an interview with um, Billy Graham on Oprah. And um, this is, um, she was interviewing him and she was, you know, talking him up and saying, oh, you know, uh, she called him Pastor Graham. Pastor Graham, or Reverend Graham, she said, you know, your ministry has touched 300 million people. Uh, amazing, right? Amazing outcome. And she said, and you have been, you know, the pastor of the last five presidents, you know. So she was sort of talking that up. And she said, you know, can I ask you, what is it that you think when you're standing in front of a president, what goes through your mind? It's a great question, actually. What's going through your mind as you're standing in front of a president speaking to, to that president? And Billy Graham said, you know, uh, the same thing goes through my mind whether I'm standing in front of a president uh, or if I'm standing in front of a cleaner of, in the White House. And he said, the, the thing that's going through my mind is Jesus what do you want to say to this person that's standing in front of me? And how do you want to say it? Because uh, Billy Graham said, I'm at that moment, I'm the vessel. And I just think about that. Imagine if, you know, tomorrow as we go into our workplaces or whatever, schools, uh, you know, uh, just that, it, that, that, that as we, just this awareness as we're standing in front of people and you're just saying, God, what do you want to, what do you want to do here right now? And, and, you know, let me, just, let me just demystify it. Some people don't need a John 3.16 exposition. They actually need a genuine smile. Like, like let's just start there. Like, like it can, because that, that, that qualifies everybody in this room, right? A smile is like this. Practice it. Like, like, like that, that's the starting point. Everything else above that, because uh, you've got to mean the smile, by the way. Everything above that is a bonus, right? Because sometimes we put this pressure on us to go, oh, yeah, that's right, I, I really, and all of a sudden we're trying, to, we, we're trying to bend everybody's ear or we're trying to smash, you know, a salvation moment while the dude's going, well, you just pay for your petrol, you know. Like, you know, and, and we just put all this pressure on and, 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 and I love that. By the way, there's just moments, you know, uh, but I think if you, if you build from a smile to a genuine hello, to a genuine how are you and mean it, right? 
Uh, like, if you just build from there, I, I just think then we can go anywhere, right? Like, we can really go into those spaces. And I, I love that. That's like walking with the Spirit. It's like, Dave, you're going deep tonight. But, like, I, I'm just trying to be as profoundly practical as I possibly can, because I just think sometimes what we do is we, we we draw, we go, oh man, I just need that heavy revy, that heavy revelation. I just need that heavy revy. And the problem with the heavy revy, like it's good, but it's just, you, you can't land it. You can't land it on in, in, at work at nine o'clock in the morning. You can't land it there. The only place you can land it is in your life group when you're trying to show one another how spiritual you are, right? <laughs> And you get into some theological argument about, you know, your heavy revy. <laughs> never happens. No, no, never happens in this church, I'm sure. To walk in the Spirit, like, what does that mean? Like, it's interesting that once you get to Acts chapter 2 and Peter, like, the outpouring of the Spirit and, and Peter stands up and defines it, hey, this is what was prophesied in, in, you know, Joel prophesied this, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Do you know from that point on to the end of the book of Acts, there are 40, 40 like accounts of God encounters, 40 of them, from Acts 2 to the end of the book of Acts. You, you just, the testimony of the book of Acts is the testimony of the ministry of the Holy Spirit through his saints. And, and I just think about that because I go, that's normal Christianity. That's not, respectfully, that's not, I mean, it's revival, but, but it's, it's, it, should be, it should be like, that's actually the, that's, that's the, the, the basic operating system of the kingdom. Dreams and visions are basic operating systems of the kingdom. Prophecies are the basic operating system of the kingdom. Miracles, you know, like all of that, is the basic operating system of the kingdom. So if my life is not is not reflecting that, that's not a guilt and condemnation thing. That's an invitation to say, "Come, Holy Spirit." That that's all that is. It's just, "Come, Holy Spirit." I I you, you got more. That's all. I'm not satisfied with some kind of you know rhetoric. I'm not satisfied with some pattern that does not reflect the testimony of how you operate which we have in the book of Acts, I, I want that. I want dreams and visions. I, I, like, I, just, I, want, it. I, I, I want it on my children. I, I want it in my parenting. I want it in, in my business dealings. I, I want that. I, 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 I feel like I'm on this mission, um, you know, this global mission to normalize the walking with the Holy Spirit in the marketplace, right? That's, that's you know, that's really half of my world, half of the testimony of my world to how does that look? What does that look like? And and I gotta tell you, you know, I think I might have said it on 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 Friday night, of the thirty seven miracles I said it on Thursday night, of the thirty seven miracles recorded in the gospel, thirty five were in the marketplace. Two were in the temple. Of the signs and wonders from Genesis to Revelation that are recorded, 90% of them are in the marketplace, not the temple. It doesn't mean we don't have miracles in the church. It's just not the dominant environment of miracles, or it shouldn't be. The dominant environment of miracles should be your home. Dominant environment of miracles should be your workplace, your marketplace expressions. It's just that marketplace miracles look different, slightly different, you know. 
they, they look different. We, we teach, uh, I teach um, in our, in our uh, Centre of Excellence, our training academy, which the only two courses you can do there is Kingdom Business and Workplace Leaders. You can't do any other course but those two courses. We actually teach um, uh, people in the marketplace, in their workplaces, how to prophesy without getting fired. <laughs> you know, don't go to your bosses and go, "Hey, I got a word of the Lord for you." That and thou sayeth the Lord, thine. You know, we don't we don't do that. We we teach people how to prophesy, which might be just you having a conversation at lunch and someone sharing something with you, and and you you feel like you got something you know going on, and you just go, "Hey, you know what? Why you been talking? Um, I get this picture in my heart. Can I share it with you?" Right, like like just I mean that. Because one of the rules that we teach in the marketplace is you always ask for permission. Always ask for permission. You always ask for permission in that. Or, you know, while you've been talking, I, uh, like I get this image. It, can I share that with you? Like, or someone might just go, oh, you know, uh, we, we do a lot of dream interpretation in the marketplace. Because, uh, you know what? Lots of people that don't know Jesus, um, God speaks to them in dreams. You know, like, like God doesn't start speaking to people just after they put their hand up and sign the card and do the six-week alpha course in the church, you know. <laughs> like God, God's speaking all the time because everyone is his son and daughter. It's just that most people that outside of Christ don't know. They don't, they don't know it. So our job, most of our job is just to help them recognize that God's already speaking to them. And dreams are a powerful thing. If anyone ever says to you, oh, man, I just had this, this crazy dream, don't blow it off. Just say to them, hey, even if you've never interpreted a dream before, just go, really? Like, tell me the dream. And then as they're telling you the dream, just ask Holy Spirit, is this you? Are, are you saying something here? Particularly if they say, oh, I've had this reoccurring dream or I've had this dream that I can't forget. I've got to tell you, that's, a, like, that's, that's gold. That's gold in the marketplace. It's how you open the door. And we've seen people like just unbelievably set free, flabbergasted, come to Christ, because uh, all of a sudden they recognize God's calling them. It's just in dreams, like in crazy dreams, you know. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. My encouragement tonight is this thought about, you know, in, in Christ church in, you know, 2023, how, how are you going to walk with the Spirit? Like, like just like what's the parameters of this and, and how hungry are you? Uh, for this to be part of your world, like is this like or like more? I'm, I know, I know you. I, I'm not. I'm preaching to the choir here a little bit, but but it, there's more, right? Like Paul says, um, don't be drunk with wine, but be continually filled with the Spirit. Well, it actually says be filled with the Spirit, but the Greek, the the, the original Greek language actually is a continuous with the filled thing. So actually what Paul says is like, hey, don't get drunk with wine. He doesn't say don't drink, drink good wine, but he said don't get drunk with wine. Uh, he says, which is just dissipation, he says, but this is the context. He says, but be continually filled with the Spirit. It's this prayer that I've just been carrying um, and I pray it several times a day because um, I want my heart to be awakened to it. I just keep praying, come Holy Spirit. Like like for 2023, for right now, I've been I've been really conscious actually to pray that um, right from every day from Easter Sunday, uh, and I really feel like God God placed it an invitation for me to pray that over. I, I I pray come Holy Spirit over my children. I pray come Holy Spirit over my clients, over all my friends. 
and I, I really feel like, I just feel like the Lord said to me, if you'll pray that prayer, for it's a, like a 50-day stand to, to Pentecost Sunday, which is 50 days, right? Um, I just feel like the Lord said, I, I actually have a, like an outpouring. You're going to see an outpouring more than you've ever seen before in this space. Like, come Holy Spirit. So I think it's a good prayer to pray, hey? It's a good, maybe it might be a good place to land even here right now. And, um, you know... Uh, what, if we can have the team maybe back up, uh, I'd love to just take a couple of moments tonight. We won't keep you late, but uh, why don't you stand and um, I want to do two things, actually. Um, one thing before I, we sort of pray that prayer, and, and here's, the, here's the thought I just have. You know, tonight, um, I don't know how you wandered in. <laughs> I don't know if you're part of this church. I don't know if you've been here all the time. I don't know if this is new for you. Maybe it's like, Oh man, yes, yeah, this is, this is kind of interesting. Um, and maybe you're here tonight and, you know, you go, look, I mean, you wouldn't be here if you weren't curious about God and spirituality and those sort of things. But, but I suppose there's this question that I want to ask you, which is, do you know Jesus Christ in the depth of your being as your Lord and Savior? Do you know the love of God? Like, like do you know it? Not, not like, oh, I think, I think I know some things about it. Like, do you know it? Do you have an experiential uh, relationship with the living God? Is, is, is Jesus real to you? Do, do you know, uh, are you free to, to just know the freedom that God brings by His love and His goodness? Or are you still carrying uh, guilt and shame and just confusion? And, you know, you, you haven't like, it's almost like what I'm asking you, have you come home to Jesus? Have you come home in your heart? Is, is that a, a reality to you? Or, or do you maybe, do, do you know a little bit about religion? You know, religion is not Jesus. Uh, living relationship, dynamic loving relationship, knowing that God loves you, that, that you've been set free to love Him, to know Him, to walk in an experiential reality, to know that every day uh, you walk in the, in the goodness of His love, in, the, in His protection, in His provision. If you don't know Jesus Christ like I've just explained to you, well, here's the interesting thing. There's not 27 hoops and three contracts that you need to sign <laughs> to, to, to come into that relationship. There's a, there's a prayer, a cry that just says, God, I need you. That's like, it's, it seems so crazy to go, Dave, it can't be that good. I got taught if things were too good to be true, they're probably not. Well, this is the only thing. It's, it's scandalous, the love of God. Like it scandalizes us, which is the whole point. It, it, it scandalizes us because it's so intense. And so it's so hard to believe that God, anyone could love us like that. Know us, good, bad, ugly, all the dimensions, and yet love us so passionately and so powerfully. So let me ask you to do something. Just close your eyes for a moment. and Because I, I want it just, I, I want it to be about you and not about everybody else in the room here tonight. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if that's not the living reality for you, but you go, you know what? I, 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 want, to, I want it to be. I mean, maybe ask yourself the question, well, what, is there anything holding you back from making that decision? And if there's not, like if, I understand if there is and, and we get it's all a process, but if there's not, then I just want to invite you tonight to just, Say yes to Jesus. 
right? Just say yes to Jesus. And uh, I, I, I want to pray a prayer with you if, that's, if you want to do that tonight in, in the room here. And I just love you. If, if that's you, if you just go, you know what, I'm, I, I, that's, my, that's my prayer tonight. I want you to just put up your hand so I just can see. Yeah, I, I bless you. Who, who else needs to do that? Come on. You don't need to walk out of here. Yeah, I, I see a champion at the back. Fantastic. Who else needs to do that? Who else needs to just, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I, I need you tonight. I, I'm making that decision. I'm, I'm, that's me. Who else needs to join these beautiful people? Just, just, just one more moment. It's like, you don't need to walk out of here just, you know, without that. Beautiful, beautiful. Why don't we all pray this prayer? Uh, let's join these beautiful people that are praying this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, tonight I, I, I give you my heart. I invite you, oh God, to fill my life with your love, with your goodness, uh, with your fullness. Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross, paying the price for my sins. Thank you, Jesus, that there's no hindrance there's no barrier anymore uh, between you and I. I give you my life. I thank you. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your love. Change me from the inside out. <laughs> In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give those people a round of applause? So good. So wonderful. Congratulations. That's so amazing. Um, uh, at the end of the service, one of our team might have seen you and come and make yourself known to us. Love to take a moment and pray with you and just help you with some next steps with that. But I, I want to pray this prayer tonight for all of us. If you just want to put your hands out in front, it's, it's the come Holy Spirit prayer. It's almost like a commissioning, right? It's like a commissioning. Come Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, we thank you tonight. God, we've been just talking about you. We've been worshiping you. We've been loving you. We've seen, God, we see some of your work even uh, in salvation in the hearts of people. And Lord, tonight we ask, oh, come Holy Spirit. Would you say that with your lips? Come Holy Spirit, come in my life. Come in my workplace. Come in my home. You, you pray this prayer. Come in my life, Lord. Come, come in the lives of my friends, Lord. Give me boldness. Oh God, let your love, Holy Spirit, empower me to be a vessel of your love, of your kindness, of your goodness, of your grace. Let me, let me be a vessel. <laughs> let me be a vessel of your love, God, in the earth, in, in this city, Lord, to my generation, God. Oh, come, Holy Spirit. We ask, Lord, we, we invite you. <laughs> we say, Holy Spirit, we need you. Holy Spirit, we need you. We love you. We thank you. Seal this work. Seal this word upon our lives and upon our hearts tonight, we pray. Father, we ask you this in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe it, would you say amen? Amen.